Invest in yourself today with our Insider Pro product, which gives you the career path to reach the next step in your cybersecurity journey. Join today on CyberAid.it using the discount code PODCAST. In this episode of the CyberAid podcast, we hear from Joe Carson, the Chief Security Scientist for Thycotic. Speaking with Mike Gruen, the VP of Engineering for CyberAid, they talk about work from home best practices and the unique issues that arise when your family is home as well. So welcome to another episode. This is Mike Rohn. Uh, I'm here with Joseph uh, Carson from Thycotic. Um, I'll let him introduce himself. Sure. You know, it's a pleasure to be here again, Mike, and uh, we've had you know, discussions in the past. And um, so you know, I'm based in Tallinn, Estonia. Um, I'm a chief security scientist. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been working from home for a long time. And uh, given the current situation, um, I thought it would be good to have a discussion around, you know, some of the new experiences that I've had. Um, over the past two weeks that uh, have been something that I've never foreseen before. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I agree. I, I used to work from home for a while and uh, I had two smaller kids. It was a um, little bit of a challenge, but a little bit easier because they just stayed on the other side of the door um, and didn't have as much because they were really little. They, there wasn't the homework and the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed, um, by the way, I, I noticed you wrote a blog. I really enjoyed reading it. Um, you know, is there anything, you know, just sort of from there that you'd want to sort of some tips and things that you might want to summarize? I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, one of the things I've, I've been working remotely for 15 years and I've had a lot of lessons and experience from, you know, electricity going off and having to switch to battery to make sure you stay connected. I've been in situations where I've had to take emergency calls from bus stops. I've been in remote islands doing webinars. Um, even the, uh, the last, uh, during the swine flu, I was actually self-quarantined uh, for uh, just over two weeks with the swine flu. Oh, so wow. I know I like to be in isolation as well. Um, so some of the, you know, the tips that I've had is, is really around making sure one of the, the most important things we always have that question starts off with is staying connected. That's when you kind of, you know, when you're working remotely, you're working from home. One of the first things you want to think about is your connectivity. Um, what's your network bandwidth? Um, is it, you know, is it limited or unlimited? Um, right. Are you sharing with other people, you know, other family members? Now, it's not just you at home. You may have a bunch of kids and you may have, uh, you know, uh, uh, your, your spouse or partner that are also connected and using up that. Some might be watching streaming, some might be surfing, um, looking at you know, videos or whatever it might be, or listening to music, and you're having to also use uh, you know, for work-wise. So you know, connectivity becomes important, understanding your bandwidth, switching off hungry bandwidth applications. Um, even you know, it gets to the point of security side of things is that your laptop's in the same network as those devices. Can they see each other? Is your file sharing enabled um, and print sharing that's enabled in those devices? So sometimes even I would recommend is when you're on a home network is you create a dedicated guest network that is separated and isolated just for your work devices. So therefore, and you can also then maybe even decide to throttle um, other types of applications (laughs) as well or give time limits to the kids these days. Um, And that's where you kind of get into is that isolation and then also thinking about when to switch between, you know, using your, your uh, wired Wi-Fi or mobile uh, to get the most optimum speed as well. Um, and those are some of the things, you know, and also make sure that your, your, your network itself and your home uh, uh, router is not default credentials. Most out there might, some might even be using older Wi-Fi uh, authentication, even WPA or WPS that has known weaknesses. 
Uh, so it might be a time to make sure to revisit that and choose a much stronger uh, uh, and also change the default passwords as well. So connectivity, that was one of the most important lessons I learned is that wherever I am, I have to figure out how to stay connected. Yeah, I, I totally uh, can relate. Uh, earlier this week, I got kicked off or my, my, my laptop refused to join the Wi-Fi because uh, there were too many other devices on the Wi-Fi. Um, so uh, definitely set up a separate one, uh, a separate VLAN just for, for my work computer. Um, one of the other things I think is interesting is knowing when to use the VPN. You know, if my office has a VPN, when should I be on the VPN versus when shouldn't I be? Um, doing a, v, you know, Zoom VPN, sometimes not, not ideal. <laughs> exactly. And that's, I've had the same thing is um, when all of a sudden recently, you know, I, I have my VPNs on by default and all of a sudden I have to switch into a Zoom call or, you know, go to a webinar or something, whatever it is to, to do it like a collaboration. All of a sudden it's just taking forever to connect. And I'm going, <laughs> exactly. What's causing it? And we know what's happening. And then you realize, oh, okay, you know, I've got VPN connected. And this might have gone through different, you know, locations and different, you know, like different uh, channels. And you're also using up additional bandwidth when you have a VPN on. So absolutely, you have to decide, um, you know, when to disconnect and connect again. Or, you know, hopefully it's at sleep, you might say, turn it, you know, off for two hours and it reconnects back again. Because um, security at this point is, you know, you want to also, you know, maintain connectivity. But at the same time, you also do want to, you know, increase the risk and, and uh, disable security at the same time. Right. Another thing um, my friends and I were just talking about yesterday with regard to VPN is um, make sure that your your network doesn't collide with the, the, the corporate network. Um, <laughs> I use uh, 172.16 at home because uh, at uh, several jobs ago, they were using the, uh, you know, uh, 192.168, which is like, that's what everybody's home is on. So uh, just knowing how to troubleshoot that and recognize when there's collisions and how to deal with that is I think an important thing as well. Test out the VPN. Absolutely. I've had similar experiences you know, where, you know, I'm in my, my kind of lab environment right now and there's a lot of things that you wouldn't want to be connected. <laughs> um, so sometimes you absolutely have to be very cautious. And I did, you know, create a network that's been separated here just to make sure I don't have those collisions as well. So, but there's another big lesson I've learned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of things I can share is, is been, you know, good experiences, but one thing I know that every person, um, and, and it, it's been different experiences over the past few weeks and it's been sporadic. Uh, but the thing I faced about, a, I'm based in Estonia and about a week and a half ago, we got the announcement that, you know, schools are closing. Mm -hmm. So I've been working home and it's been no problem doing my things, you know, everything has been great, you know, moving along with my tasks and, and projects and so forth, doing my security research. And then all of a sudden, I've got the whole family at home, kids at home, um, and not just being at home and not having you know nothing to do, or just end up being on a computer watching you know whatever you know movies or whatever, sucking up all your bandwidth. And sucking up all the bandwidth. <laughs> but they're also they're they're doing homeschool, mm -hmm. and so one of the things you know we quickly realized that this could go really bad. So me and me and my wife got together and we made a plan the weekend prior to it going, and we went through and we created a schedule. Mm -hmm. you know, we mapped out all their classes that they have, the breaks that they have, um, what projects are going on. We, I, you know, set up, you know, they, of course, not every family has multiple laptops or devices they can use as well. And that also becomes a challenge. You might have to share one between, uh, you know, uh, siblings. And so getting it all set up, uh, getting a plan, 
Um, and we thought we'd done everything from lunches. And we also set up a, uh, a, a, a plan so that the kids could also help as well. So taking out the garbage, making breakfast and stuff. Emptying the dishwasher because the the dishwasher. Dishwasher, our dishwasher is running <laughs> nonstop now. <laughs> and, and even, you know, sometimes even electricity companies are making, you know, huge money right now because you're using it during peak times too. So right, wait right. till you see your electric bill. Right, what's not peak times now, I mean, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> exactly. But these were, so, so it came to the first Monday and I, and we kind of, I set up my environment. So I, I had my working space at home. My, my wife had her set up and we had the kids set up 10 minutes into it. It's all gone chaos. Um, you know, questions and my kids are doing Russian language. They're doing different tasks or they're interrupting each other. So they're interfering with each other. And just goes, okay, no matter how any parent plans for this, um, not only are you working from home, but you're becoming a full-time teacher, a full-time chef, a full-time dishwasher, a full-time <laughs> laundry person. It just means that you're taking on these additional tasks that you may have separated or done individually, and it's all happening at once. And, it, and what I find this past week and a half is that you really need to, to switch days, decide who's going to do what work one day, and then try to you know balance it uh, back and forward, and get the kids really involved in also planning and uh, having some reward system to make sure that they stay focused and motivated. Uh, and this is I, I know that every listener to this is going to start relating it in somehow. Even worse is that when we started this a week and a half ago, and we thought, oh, it's, you know, the schools announced that it was only homeschooling and, and you know for two weeks. One day into the second week. We got told that this is going to go on for another three weeks and maybe even to the end of the school year. And yeah, we just got some more notice. I just put my hand on my head going, oh my goodness, how am I going to survive this? And I think this is, you know, all my best practices and experiences working from home will help people. Uh, mm -hmm. But these, these experiences, this is really about getting a balance. It's about good communication. It's about, you know, everything you do for yourself work-wise, you'll have to actually incorporate that into your, your kids and your spouses and, and partners' lives. It's a really good solid communication. Who's going to do what, when? Um, and when you're in self-isolation or you're, you know, isolated and quarantined at home, you can't get out. You know, it's not right. like I'll go for a walk and, and, and just <laughs> get out of, you know, get some fresh air is that you have to kind of bear with us during that time. And it's so even getting the challenges you mentioned dishwasher and stuff is, is you open up the fridge in the morning and it's also empty. Right. And then you get into these other challenges. So for remote workers, I think this is going to be probably the most challenging, you know, lessons learned that they'll ever have. Sometimes there's no way other you know, than jumping straight into it. Um, but, you know, I've learned a lot um, of new things. And I can tell you in this past week, just like yourself is, you know, bandwidth connectivity and, you know, um, more devices connected to a Wi-Fi than it's ever been before right, exactly. in time um, and all day, 24-7, all day long. So, you know, staying connected, but also good planning will definitely help people get through this and then prioritization communication. I think, I mean, with um, staying connected and balanced, there's also um, a space for essentially disconnecting or like one of the things when I first started working from home, I noticed was I just felt like I'm at work all the time. It's just easy. I could like, it, it didn't even, it, I didn't feel a burden of it. I just felt mm -hmm. this draw of, oh yeah, I'll just spend another five minutes. The next thing I knew it was midnight. Um, yep. And you don't, you know, just so making sure that you have that like disconnection. And uh, one of the things that I do that was that I found really helpful 
was I have my room, um, I close the door and I have this mm -hmm. like threshold, right? When I, when I cross this threshold, I'm in work mode. When I cross it in the mm -hmm. other direction, I'm at home and try to really not feel like I'm always at work. Like, um, and so, yeah, if I'm sitting at the TV and I have a brilliant idea, you know what, it can probably wait till tomorrow, just like it would have had I not been working from home. Just write it down and put it to the things, <laughs> the list to do later. I mean, I have the same, when working from home for the last 15 years, I made a decision actually three years ago. Um, I had the same challenge. I used to have, even in my, my home office door, I had a, a sign that said working and the other side it said playing. So mm -hmm. at least people knew that, you know, I'm either in meetings or I'm, I'm focused on a project or I'm just doing research and playing. So at least yeah. people, in, you know, in, in, that, in the house knew what activity you were doing at the time. And if it was nine o'clock at night, you had playing in the door, you know, knew that it could come and disturb you and, and, and so forth. So it's really having that also letting yourself know, but also letting other people know what you're doing as well. But I made a decision three years ago um, that I separated uh, home office to a, a small office away from home. So that meant that, you know, you're getting up, you're getting dressed in the morning, <laughs> you're getting fresher and you have a bit of a walk. Um, and it also has that separation um, so that, you know, I'm in the office, I'm in the office working. It's you know, dedicated. Um, so that having that, you know, if you can't do that, not everyone can, but mm -hmm. like yourself, have a dedicated place that you use all the time for this, for, for your work. Uh, right. I mean, it can even just be a spot at the kitchen table. I mean, it can, you know, just, um, but I think it's important to be able to like, sort of have that, like, I'm working now, I'm not working, like yep. being able yep. to turn that on and off. I think it's, it's having that sign, you know, whether it being a Pomodoro timer or whatever it is that, you know, we would use in the past for meetings, but having that timer and setting it for 45 minutes an hour, you know, and having that time where you'll get up and walk around Mm -hmm. um, but you're absolutely right. You know, you, you want to sit at the kitchen table, have a good seat that you're setting up, having good lighting, um, having, you know, power uh, connected, having something that's dedicated to that, to that work. And that means that you can, you move away and leave it and come back. But it's also important to take breaks. Yeah. Um, one thing, you know, it's not just about, you know, having that, that stop and start when you do work, but also you need to stand up. You know, one of the biggest things I find uh, working from home is health. Is, is even if you're working from home, you know, at the moment, it might be difficult to do it, but even to walk out and walk, get a five minute, 10 minute fresh air before you come in to do start your work, just to have that type of separation um, and standing up and, and doing some walking. Um, at the moment, it's a bit, you know, challenging with being quarantined or you know, isolation in some places. Some people might be able to do it, some people not. Um, but it's important to have that, get out, get dressed, go get some fresh air, take a walk and then come back in and then start to work. Don't kind of just walk from your bedroom into the kitchen table and start working straight away. Yeah. Have a, have a routine, have uh, a good plan. It has these you know, repetitive things that you do. And I also recommend take your full breaks. I you know take your full coffee break. You know, I, I remember, um, when I started doing this years ago, that I all of a sudden get a coffee, get a lunch, and I'd work through it. And I forget to take lunch and you get into these bad habits of not taking the breaks. Um, take the breaks. Um, and today, you know, you might get on a Zoom call with a friend or a colleague or a peer and just have a chat. Because um, right. uh, during these times, it's still important to communicate, to collaborate, um, to get some type of online social interaction. 
Um, I know people's been doing birthday parties online using Zoom and um, people's been doing just virtual coffee uh, hour or happy hour. Uh, even tomorrow, yep, We have a virtual happy hour on Friday. Uh, we yep, we started it with a smaller group and we, now it's all, the entire company is invited. We'll see how it goes on the Zoom. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's, so far it's been holding over. We're, we're doing a pub quiz tomorrow um, uh, for our happy hour in the evening. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, but definitely keep, you know, make sure you take breaks, um, mm -hmm. be sociable and collaborate. And one thing is, you know, working from home, sometimes you feel a bit isolated, uh, disconnected. You don't see what's happening. So one thing I've, there's a couple of things I do through my week is on Monday morning, I cancel everything in my calendar and I block it just for reviewing and planning what I need to do for the week. All my tasks and schedules, reviewing what I was successful the previous week, doing a kind of somewhat, um, you know, um, uh, lessons learned and look back and what did I miss, what did I need to re revisit again. Just taking that time to organize yourself is also critical. And then also one of, during that time, I also see is here's my tasks that I had throughout the week. Do I, am I dependent on other people to help me with those mm -hmm. tasks? Can I do it in, by myself? And also prioritizing it and making sure you keep that prioritization and also make sure it's in sync with other people that prioritizations tend to be changing. Um, and sometimes when you are remote or, you know, um, kind of working from home that those prioritizations get lost or those focus get lost. So make sure that you also have those kind of weekly sync ups to make sure that everyone's going the same direction as well. Planning, preparing, planning and prioritization and communication is key to making sure that we all stay going the same direction. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And one of the things that I find um, interesting is, so for a long time I've been working, my, um, my lead infrastructure uh, guy, he's uh, fully remote, traveling the world frequently, you know, five hours off, 12 hours off. He's, <laughs> it, it, it switches all the time. Right now he's 12 hours off. Having done that for a little while um, has sort of prepped me a little bit for what's going on now because a lot of my coworkers that have smaller children and mm -hmm. both parents are now, you know, are at home and, and both have jobs, uh, the way they've sort of split things up is like, okay, from five in the morning until such and such a time, they're, you know, on, they're working and then mm -hmm. they take over for a little bit in the afternoon uh, and then the other parent, you know, and, and they sort of have split up their day. Um, and so that means if I do need someone, it might mean, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to actually have to get on at eight o'clock tonight because that's when they're actually planning on working because during the day they were helping their kids with homework. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's another thing to, you know, sort of on that planning is even if you are used to being on the time, mm -hmm. same time zone, that's a big change that's happened now. A lot of people are going to be working alternate hours than what they might have worked um, yeah, when they ought to come in. And with that, I mean, during, you know, if psychotic, we do have a very kind of global workforce and we, you know, do a lot of collaboration. People are working from home. Um, you know, that's our norm. Um, right. So one thing is, is, you know, we have to get into the point where we have to expect that, you know, people are going to have uninterrupted guests coming into your calls. <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, it wouldn't be you know unusual to see, you know, a dog in the background barking or a baby crying or kids looking for attention or right. I've had, you know, I, my cat would walk across the keyboard all of a sudden. Yeah, but I was just going to say the cat across the keyboard is classic. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and I mean, we have to, you know, as, 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 you know, companies, employers as well, we have to make sure that, you know, that's seen as okay and that's seen as normal and we have to give them that attention and allow them to attend to the needs um, at the same time. So absolutely, you know, finding that balance between, 
um, you know, the family life and the, and the, and the business is important. And, you know, we have to expect there will be, un, you know, unexpected guests joining uh, right. the calls at some point. And that's the norm. That's what we have to get into is as people's working from home, um, they will have their family around them. Um, and, and it's important to, to be also at the same time aware of who's around you. So even when you're talking about sensitive content, right. um, that might be company financial, it might be hiring processes, or it might be, um, you know, acquisitional details, and you don't want those uh, family members to hear, then decide, you know, is now a good time to have those conversations? Or can you reschedule it to later when it's a bit quieter, when no one's around? And not only about people, but also, you know, about who, you know, is your walls thin? Can your neighbors hear you? Right. Um, you know, are you on the balcony? Are you in the <laughs> garden doing your calls? Right, right. Um, being very aware of virtual assistants as well. You know, Alexa's, you know, in the background, that's always listening, always on. Right. And if you're having sensitive conversations, um, be very, very aware. So some of my recommendations is, is you know, before you have those conversations, take, take a look around and just think about, you know, is this the right environment to have those conversations? Get a good headset. Get a headset that allows you at least to mute one side of the conversation as well. Um, get a good microphone as well so that people can hear you clearly so that you don't get you know, muffled noises, you don't get you know, white noise or background stuff, get something that allows you to be heard clearly. Because when you're working remote, a good headset and a microphone is, is, is essential to make sure you know, you're communicating and um, that you're hearing correctly what people are saying and also being able to you know, people hear you also. So good headset, headset and microphone. It's funny you say that because five minutes before now, about 10 minutes before this call, I was, uh, I was scrambling. I was like, where's my headset? Oh, that's right. I left it at the office. Perfect. <laughs> so, so I had to hobble something together and, uh, for this. So, um, but yeah, I couldn't agree more that having a good quality headset and, and blocking half the conversation. Um, the other thing I think um, is, uh, especially with smaller kids and, and, you know, everybody has their own um, way of parenting mm -hmm. and sort of recognizing that, you know, some language that maybe is appropriate at the office is not appropriate for young kids and, and maybe it's appropriate for your kids and other people have a different opinion. Um, so it's, I think that's the other thing is just being aware and, and also communicating effectively to other people on the call who might be within earshot who they can't see, you know, just because mm -hmm. they're, you can't see them in the video doesn't mean that there's not somebody nearby. And if you're not wearing a headset, suddenly, you know, my, my oldest actually used to pop in. He's like, you're talking to Paul, aren't you? Cause he could tell by the person's <laughs> language, like he's the only one who drops F-bombs all the time. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's, that's when headsets come in very helpful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The other thing it really, um, you know, is, is also the one challenge I've always had with working remotely is time zones. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and there's a, there's a com comical meme going around right now about, you know, this weekend in Estonia, we're putting the clocks forward one hour. And, I, you know, everyone's saying, you know, can we move it a bit further? Can we move it six months? <laughs> can, we, can we move the clock forward six months? Right, um, right. But also being very aware of people's time zones. Uh, to your say, you know, your point is, you know, in, in the U.S. it might be a little bit, you know, where you've got multiple states having, you know, East Coast, uh, West Coast, and so forth. And in Europe, we have multiple time zones to deal with. But just be very conscious of the other person's time zones um, right. as well. And make sure that you all always have a kind of company culture of what time zone you're talking about. Have a, have a standard that's agreed upon beforehand. Um, and when I'm always kind of, you know, scheduling uh, calls or meetings or whatever it might be, I'm always putting, you know, here's my time zone. Um, you know, this is where, you know, talk about your local time zone and be very clear when you're doing those. Um, so time zones is one thing I do hate 
Um, but there's a lot of tools out there that's making it easier today. Um, yeah. Helps, helps, you know, have that visibility of when people are um, available and what time it is in their local location. Yeah. Um, the person I referred to earlier who's traveling around, he has a, an integration in Slack so that it actually mm -hmm. says like, what time is it where he is because he's traveling all the time. So it's, it's not like I can just remember, Oh yeah, that's right. He's 12 hours or four hours. So that's a handy thing. And then um, one of the things I also learned to do was uh, like Google calendar has the ability to add a second time zone. So, you know, I deal a lot of deal a lot with people on the West coast. So mm -hmm. let's just add that as a time zone as well, just so I can sort of eyeball it really quickly. Um, nothing more frustrating than saying, oh yeah, I'll talk to you at 10 and have two different definitions of what 10 yeah. is. <laughs> um, I mean, I had, I had the same today. I was like, um, well, I was a scheduling call for one o'clock today. Um, and uh, I was talking about, I wanted, you know, can we have the call at two? And they're like, yeah, I'll schedule it two. Assuming I was in the same time zone. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, I was like, I'm looking at the calendar invite. It's like one. I was like, oh, okay. Now you have the kind of working around. So that's a challenge. Um, and the other thing as well, you know, is collaboration. I think it's really important to choose the right tools as well. You mentioned mm -hmm. Slack and, you know, we're using Zoom here to, to, to have this conversation across the world. And they all work well, but it's really important as well to make sure that um, in these times, frequent communication is so more important, especially knowing, you know, what the other person is doing, what you're working on, having that, you know, uh, I know that even if I went six months without being in the office, sometimes you just want to have a, a call or video call. Right. So sometimes now is a good time to even put the camera on and, and have that visualization rather than just doing audio conferences and, and have that sense of, of team and, you know, knowing and getting to know um, how you communicate and how you, you interact with each other is critical. So, you know, and knowing what's the right tool, if you're going to have more sensitive conversations, then maybe certain social tools are not the right ones. Mm-hmm that might have be sharing data or might be collecting certain data. So choosing the right tool for the right type of communication is also critical. So I would tend to kind of, you know, switch between things that like, uh, uh, whether it being Slack for that just frequent collaboration and sharing and, and making sure kind of like a replacement for email, uh, but also using WhatsApp uh, to do certain types of calls uh, when you're on the go or you're, you know, you know, you don't might have uh, certain connectivity um, making actual phone calls, getting on the phone and, you know, communicating, um, mm -hmm. using Zoom or GoToMeeting, um, using signals or telegram for different types of conversations. Mm -hmm. I even know that, you know, some journalists and some uh, uh, of my peers, I even get to the point where outbound communications is using one and inbound communications using another. So if it's something very sensitive, right. talking about maybe a data breach or investigation that they want to make sure that, you know, if it, even they were, were hacked or were, you know, uh, data breached and, and we got one of those that they only get one context of the communication. Uh, right. So some going that extreme, uh, but, you know, definitely use the right tool for the right type of communication is critical. I'd also say making sure you have a backup. So um, right now, right, like in our office, if Slack went down, we can still talk to each other mm -hmm. um, there. But now that you're remote, like if Slack went down, what would we do? And we had, um, Luckily, uh, Slack had gone down a couple of years ago, uh, and I think it was like 2017 or so. And so <laughs> we uh, we have a fallback, and everyone on my team, all the engineers, um, on day one, when you start as an engineer at Cybrary, you get on Keybase, um, and okay. that's our fallback for like communications. It's also what we use for sending uh, super secure stuff that needs to be you know sensitive end-to-end uh, -end encryption. So and sharing. So mm -hmm. it's a tool that we already use, but then we also can fall back to. Um, and then 
last week we had problems with phones, our, our sales team. Uh, we had just switched from one phone provider to another. I'm not gonna name any names. Uh, sure. And they were having a lot of problems. Uh, and luckily we hadn't fully, we still had okay. the, the old account. So when the new one was having problems, we could fall back to the, you know, and I think making sure that you have those plans is, is an important piece as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are all part of the crisis management and incident response right. types of things you have. And, you know, I've always been, that's one of my kind of back, you know, history experiences. I've been involved in lots of incidents and lots of kind of disaster scenarios. Remind um, me not to work with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still here. That's the good, that's, I, I, I always, you know, they always say, um, there's a term, you know, if I fell into a, like a river of mud, I would come out smelling like roses. Uh, right. It's a common saying that we have. And that's one thing that I've, I've been always fortunate, even during, you know, um, whether being when I had swine flu and, and isolated, um, I remember, you know, I, this similar disruptions with flights, because I do travel a lot as well. And I remember when I was on my way coming back from uh, Vegas during a, a major event, and uh, Iceland volcano decided to erupt, and it meant that all all flights going from U.S. to Europe had been canceled. So right. you have similar experiences, and you look at those situations and how do you deal with them? And you know, you just looked at it and you're like, well, you know, it is what it is, and you'll find ways to get home, or you find ways in order to 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 get by. Um, and it's, it's the same as now is unfortunately, you know, with, with the, uh, the coronavirus is going around that, you know, we're in a crisis management situation and it's not just one company or one region. It's the world. I think right. it's one third or one quarter of the world is right now and is in lockdown um, or shut down for at least two to four weeks. And that does put a lot of instant response. And some of my experiences, well, just like you mentioned, you might be in transition of two technologies and sometimes that's your saver is that right. <laughs> I haven't completely left the first one to go to the second one. Uh, but since the second one's unavailable, at least the first one is an option. And I've had similar situations. I remember um, I I'm a, was working in foreign exchange and money markets. some certified trader from, from past uh, some of the technologies. I like to know what it's like to be a user. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've worked in situations where transatlantic communication went down. And it was lucky enough that we still hadn't left our, we, we were transitioning all of the cables um, and ISPs across uh, to a new faster. Um, and that was the one that went down. And we were lucky enough, we had an old, I think it was like a 64K line from an old ISP. And we switched all transatlantic communications over that one line. And uh, lucky enough, because it hadn't been decommissioned or removed, it was still there. And it meant we were able to continue actually European, North American foreign exchange of money markets um, through that link. Wow. So you're always in a situation, it's always important to think about, you know, backup um, means and backup communications and alternative means. These are so critical right now. Um, even at Thychotic, we have multiple, you know, and it's also not just based on types of communications and uh, failures. It's also based on time as well. We have a, you know, a 20 minute turnaround in one, a two hour turnaround in another, a two day turnaround in another. And they all fall back to each other and different means of communication. So if it's critical, just get on the phone call. If right. it's urgent, use this means. If it's not so urgent, you know, go to the, another method. Right. So having multiple means of communication is critical. But one of the things is from a security perspective right now, you look at the IT security professional, uh, their job right now must be chaotic. If I'm looking at, I, I even saw, you know, um, in, the, in the surroundings I am here, people were going into their offices packing up their laptops, the computers, everything that was a desk, the desktops, you know, and they were going in different times of the day to do so. 
And they're walking out the door, putting those laptops, desktops in the trunk of even huge iMac monitors and screens, taking it all out of the office, in the uh, uh, trunk of the car, driving it home and setting it up at home. This is the biggest mass um, movement to working from home ever. And it means that, you know, you look at that. First of all, if you're a security professional, you're thinking about what's on those devices. You know, what data is on those devices? Is it sensitive? And, you know, do they have local administrator access? What applications are on those devices? Can they still function? And now all of a sudden, those are taking from the secure corporate network where you had security kind of boundaries and security controls mm-hmm. and IDSs and firewalls, you know, kept people from going into bad websites. And you take those devices from a secure network, you walk them out the door and you put them into people's home unsecure environments. Right. I mean, that must be chaos and a headache for any IT security professional right now to, to be watching that happening. Yeah, um, I'm really lucky in that everything we do, there's not like the laptops, there's nothing stored locally. There's nothing I, we, um, we frequently have this happen where, um, you know, somebody gets locked out or whatever, we just wipe it and you can start over. There's nothing, you know, everything stored in cloud storage and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But even still, it's still, um, uh, you know, now I'm worried, like, right, they're taking their laptops home. They're working all day from home. What does that home network look like? Who are their roommates? Um, you know, like at, at the office, we have this, like, you know, Hey, keep your, make sure your laptop's always locked. And if you leave it unlocked and somebody sees it, like we play games, like we do things like we'll, we'll <laughs> do crazy internet searches and, uh, we call it gardening, uh, the person's mm-hmm. site, uh, laptop. What happens when you're at home and now you're with like trusted people, they're your roommates, but like, I don't trust them. <laughs> you know, like, um, so, um, so keeping that in mind as well is uh, definitely scary. And we had a similar thing where I was uh, last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, I've had to go into the office a couple of times and get some things ready because people don't have monitors um, yeah. at home. And so we yeah. wanted to make it like, well, what can we do for people? Which monitors do we want to allow out the door and which ones like, yeah, probably not the Apple cinema display. Like that's going to stay here. But here's, you know, some of the um, other ones that we can loan out and then having people schedule time to come in so we don't have, you know, 20 people in the office at the same time. Um, all, you know, new and unique challenges. Um, another one was uh, really early on, uh, one of mm-hmm. our um, sales reps, her laptop, um, she couldn't get it, you know, went through an update and didn't didn't come back up essentially. Mm -hmm. So now what are we supposed to do? Like if she was at the office would be super easy. We just go to the closet, get her a new one, where you go. But now it's like, now it takes like a day and a half to diagnose and get her, you know, get her Mm -hmm. set up again. Actually, I think it was more like two days um, when all of a sudden done by the time she was back up and running, which was, if she was in the office, it would have been two hours at most. Yeah, Um, that's definitely the turnaround and and help desk type of scenarios and supportability. I mean, you know, so for some companies that you know, are not fortunate like yourselves that have you know, moved to cloud and have everything, you know, moved off devices. And you think about those uh, that are heavily dependent on things like GPO policy to be updated. Right. Um, those that are heavily dependent, you know, uh, data is lo- stored locally. Um, and now it's outside the office. Is that data even been backed up anymore? Right. Um, you know, how, how often is the backups? And a lot of companies may have moved to more network-based security where they're looking at, you know, um, gateways and proxies and firewalls and IDSs and, and so forth, IPSs. And now their data is not going through any of those. It's it's outside in the public internet. 
Right. Now, you know, where's your visibility? You know, I've seen a lot of companies now seeing employees spending hours on, you know, streaming services and downloading and checking personal things on their corporate devices that you may have had more control when they're going through your own internet connection, but right. that's all gone out the window now they've taken it home. So that leaves the big question for a lot of, you know, security professionals is where's the, where, where is my security? You know, right. we know that the perimeter is gone, but now the question is, was my security on my network or is it, am I 100% now relying on the actual endpoint protection that's on that device and the human sitting in front of it? Is right. that where my perimeter security is remaining? So there's a lot of organizations that you need to really know is one is what data is on those devices. Hopefully you're using some type of cloud storage that allows you good audibility. Um, what local administrator access do they have when they leave? Will they be installing applications that you may not want to be on those devices? Now that you, you know, you may have been able to restrict it or have better policies, but now they might be opening up to to more applications, unlicensed, unauthorized, you know, um, bad privacy, you know, policies and bad security elements right. that could be exposing those devices to more. And then applications what applications will work outside the firewall. <laughs> right. um, you know, well, you know, that may have proprietary applications, which, you know, in my experience, things like, you know, foreign exchange money market trading systems that you may only function on the corporate network because they're reliant on things like, uh, you know, uh, streaming from uh, data services in order to populate the, the interfaces. How does that maintain? So, you know, a lot of also compliance. Will you still be compliant as those devices are going outside the office or will you right. now you know, be an exposure uh, if a data breach does happen, now you're not compliant. And does your insurance cover you if you do have cyber insurance as well? Oh, yeah, cyber insurance is a whole other, probably a topic for a different day. <laughs> Absolutely. But these are, I mean, I've seen a lot of these these challenges that's going through a lot of security professionals, you know, and, and trying to figure out all of these things. Um, and will their infrastructure be able to support it? You know, yeah, I was going to say VPNs. I mean, yeah. are you ready for that 9 a.m. Monday morning when everybody's VPNing in because that's the way, you know, that's where all the resources are or whatever it is. I, um, yeah. I have a friend who worked at Amazon and that was, I think, one of the things that they, like right early on uh, mm -hmm. in, in Seattle when they closed that office, uh, had to go through was all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of people hitting this VPN where in the past they wouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. um, and are you, do you actually have the network to handle that? Yeah, can you actually part. spread it out over you know some time? Do can you um, do some type flatten of flatten the curve? And, flatten the curve. <laughs> so, it seems to be a common term. Can you flatten that curve in VPN? Uh, you know, was it? Can, do you have some type of load balancing in order to handle it? So right. a lot of infrastructure questions. I'm pretty sure a lot of those, you know, um, you know, public facing services, web services, uh, VPNs, DMZ uh, equipment is being maxed at its limits. Um, so it's. A very challenging time, um, but you know it's it's a good time to to try your disaster recovery plan, um, <laughs> and to to up. Uh, also, you need to update it as well to do right. to deal with these changes. Is that your disaster recovery, your business continuity, or instant response might be very dependent on you know your sitting in the office, right. and now you know there's no one at any office or you know working remotely. Uh, you might have you know. A, a, a very you know uh, small crew coming in and, and doing critical services from the office that are you know keeping their social distance and so forth. But in this situation, it might be a good time to to even test your incident response plan to see if it's still viable in this situation. Sure. Um, you know, as I mentioned, people are accessing their personal email and social media from home. What do they get a ransomware? Um, you know, and locks up those systems. And what if they had a VPN connection to open? And now it comes in through that connection into the network. 
um, how can you isolate it and keep that separation? So there's a lot of, you know, kind of risks that's happening right now. And I think instant response definitely needs to be revisited to see if it's still viable um, in these situations. Yeah. And I also think about like work from home policies, like in the past, there were a few companies I worked at that had very rigorous, like, Hey, you have to answer these questions and then we'll let you take a laptop home. Right. Like <laughs> what's your home network like that? You know, like run this scan, do this. There's no way you can go through that now and, and, and expect that people. So being able to like recognize like, yeah, our work from home policy has to be updated um, and make sure that you've really communicated like, um, what to, what people should should do in case of X, right? Um, if your laptop gets stolen, like, what do you do? Um, hopefully, it's not that big of an issue because we're all stuck inside. <laughs> no, no, so. no. <laughs> 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 no one's no one's going outside. I'm pretty sure robberies are a low, the lowest ever at this point. Um, uh, but yeah, definitely, you know, you know, crime is you know, traditional crime's gone down. It's all it's all moved to to uh, online crime at this point. Right. So. Let's hope so, I guess. <laughs> I'm pretty but sure yeah. anyone, anyone going out in the street right now in Europe gets fined. Um, oh, really? Uh, it's in uh, Spain, Italy, UK, and France. There's, they're, they're handing out fines. Um, right, I think, it, yeah, I heard in France, like, it, um, I guess you have to have a, some sort of piece of paper that you've printed out that says why you're out and walking the dog. Yeah, <laughs> sort of going to the shop <laughs> for exercising. <laughs> Um, right. which I think is ironic, but uh, it, it, that's what it is. That's what the governments have, have done in order to get people to comply um, because yeah. a lot of people were not taking it seriously. So, But you're absolutely right that the IT policies have to be reviewed to make sure that they actually support these types of conditions um, and make sure that you're also not making your employees in a situation where they have to make a decision whether it's to do their job or break a policy because right. um, it might be conflicting against each other when they're actually working from home. Yeah. And also the, um, just making it easy for them to reach out and ask for help. Um, like, because you know, again, that you want to make sure that they're staying focused on their job, that they do know, like when they are bumping up against a policy or whatever, like that they know that there's a, like, there's a, there's a course of action they can take. Um, yeah. One, one thing that's been good in Estonia as well. I've been, I've been quite fortunate, um, to, we, we do have a country house. So, you know, if you do have the ability, you know, if, if you're not in isolation, um, and you can get outside. Mm-hmm. You sometimes go find a good place outdoors to work as well. Mm-hmm. In the fresh air, I've you know we're fortunate to have a country house which is about forty five minutes away from the city. And in the summer, I would typically go there and work from there. And it's great to be able to to have an environment where you're in the fresh air, you're open, um, and it allows you to you know from a healthy uh, work environment, it's much better. And the other thing as well, you know, not only about where your location and, and you were working from. But also now is a good time for self-development. This is a good time to, to do the things that you may have um, you know, been putting in the backlog saying, oh, when I have time, I'll get to it. When I have time, right. I'll get to it. And you'll find yourself that in, in your, maybe many out there might be in a situation where some of the work might just not be possible to do from home. And therefore, now what I recommend for all companies are in those situations, give your employees as much training and education and self-development time as possible because this is the time in order to help them actually, you know, enhance their knowledge, enhance their skills, learn new things, um, you know, go to the likes of, you know, get into some of the cyber courses and actually start educating yourselves. Uh, for me, I think this is a critical time that companies have to make that decision. Um, you know, while your, your, your business might be in, you know, stagnant right now or, or not doing anything, is how do you make sure you keep your employees engaged 
and continuous education and self-development is one of those great things. Yeah, career development's a really critical. And um, the other thing I think, not just, um, even if you um, are totally capable of doing your job, right? Like maybe nothing's really changed, but you don't have the same commute that you used to have. Yeah. Um, your commute is now from your bedroom to wherever. <laughs> um, so it's not, you know, you, you sh- in theory, you should have a little bit of extra time on your hands from mm-hmm. that. It's nothing else that maybe would, would have been spent in an aggravating uh, car ride. Um, at yeah. least in the U.S. and in the D.C. area, you're, you know. <laughs> and one, one thing I have, absolutely, one thing I have noticed, you know, absolutely, there is no commute time. You know, you know, in town for me, it's not a lot of, a lot of commute anyway. Um, right. But definitely in places like San Francisco, you know, I, I lived and worked in Dublin and Sydney, all around the world. And my commute time in some of those places, you know, even D.C. may have been two hours, three hours a day. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, getting that time back in order to, you know, learn something, um, what I find is this past two weeks, I've been reading a lot more, a lot more books. Um, uh, I was impressed. One thing that uh, uh, Amazon did was they made Audible, uh, the kids' books, uh, free during this time. Oh, so I didn't realize that. I get all of the Audible uh, kids' books are now free, and you can go online and listen to any kids' Audible book, which is in these types of things I think is, is fantastic. Uh, time to do that self-development and, and learning. Um, and I think it's really important as well, you know, from an employer to say, if that commute time, you know, learn something. Um, one thing I've noticed from a lot of the webinars and webcasts and podcasts I've been doing over the past two weeks is attendance has been through the roof. <laughs> uh, right, right. <laughs> There's a lot more people um, attending and listening. Um, so I think this is a really good time for, you know, to take some of those things that we may have been, you know, with conferences being canceled, I can tell you, my conference schedule for the next three months is gone. Right. Um, my travel schedule is gone. Um, I would have been normally last year, I attended probably just under 50 events globally um, and did numerous talks, probably more than 60 different talks and workshops around the world. And that's gone for a quarter, like three months of my time is just right. canceled from travel and conferences. So we have to find different mediums and different ways to continue sharing our knowledge and research and our experiences to others to make sure that we're continuing adding, you know, that knowledge and value of sharing of what we're, we're doing in um, regards to whether it being security research or best practices or even just having discussions around typical challenges and topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are really important things to, to share. And, and I'm seeing people actually having that additional time to, to listen in and, and join these webinars and webcasts and podcasts and video blogs. Uh, I think it's a great thing. And I think companies should really endorse it in, in, and tell their employees, you know, spend this time to, to, to listen to a podcast or a webinar or even get involved and interact um, right. or do, do one, uh, participate in one. Uh, so uh, for me, this is definitely an opportunity, self-development, new skills, learning, reading, getting those things that you've been pushing off for a long time. It's a good time to try and to, to, to get them done, check them off. Yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, I also wonder if some of the reasons why people are joining more of the webinars and things like that is, you know, again, it helps with connectivity, right? We've, mm-hmm. uh, with social distancing, you're looking for ways to interact with other people. There, you know, whether it's, you know, um, uh, through a webinar or whatever, mm-hmm. there's probably some some nice ways to sort of get some some interaction outside of, uh, outside uh, of the absolutely. house. Absolutely, and then that's important. Um, you know, t- technology, the great thing is, is that when we're in these situations, um, you know, if it was 10, 20 years ago, it would be, you know, challenging. Um, the technology's definitely, you know, made us being able to deal with these situations much better. Uh, right. Being able to, you know, I remember when I was traveling the world 20 years ago, 
and staying connected with my family was very difficult. You would have, you would already have plans like one hour of this week and this month, you know, this is when I will call right, right, right. <laughs> and they'd be, and they'd be standing, you know, next to the telephone <laughs> waiting for that to call to happen. Um, and it would be collect and really expensive. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, that was my sister's thing. She would just call collect. And then it's like, you know, and then we knew to call her back. <laughs> yeah, I remember my father saying one time, it's like, do you know the cost of this call would have been the same price as a flight. <laughs> I could have spent two weeks with you. Um, but those situations, you know, technology definitely has made these situations much more easier to, to, to deal with. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I think you know, one of the things that we also have to, to, to understand is, is mental health, um, isolation, you know, even from a friends and families, you know, make sure we, you know, make them uh, understand how to use the technology, you know, especially those who are more vulnerable that might be, you know, having health challenges or might be in mm-hmm. isolation or self-quarantined or that they might be um, even, you know, an, an age group that are, are more exposed and making sure that we show them how to use this technology and communicate and, 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 and have that collaboration. Uh, yeah. So one of, even this week, you know, um, uh, my son's learning guitar. Uh, my daughter's doing piano lessons and we did it online. Like, you know, we actually had, you know, through, we actually had the TV and my son sitting playing, doing guitar lessons with a teacher on the TV and, and communicating and the same with the piano lessons as well. So we do find technology does help us to continue our lives in somewhat normal and chaotic, you know, uh, crisis. Uh, and that's what will get us through this. Yeah. We had the same thing with the uh, piano lessons with my son uh, last Thursday was, uh, uh, was virtual. Um, the one thing I'd also say is, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, what it's like to, um, you know, work from home with family and kids. Um, the other thing is the people who, there's a lot of people that live by themselves. And so I think it's important to just sort of check on them and make sure you're reaching out. And um, uh, I think a friend of mine made a joke the other day about like, now's the time for all you introverts to check on your extrovert <laughs> friends, uh, make sure they're doing okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and one thing I'd also like to, to mention as well, I think, you know, we have to also look, you know, is that we, you know, we're considering ourselves, you know, we're, we're, we're helping, um, you know, solve the problem by staying at home. Right. Um, you know, we can be superheroes by, by sitting and doing nothing and, and just continue to work remotely. But we also have to look out there to, to you know, uh, my peers and, and professionals and your peers, professionals, who are all supporting, you know, the uh, health services and the production of medical equipment and the logistics of getting them to the where they should be. And those is really kind of, making sure, you know, the unsung heroes, I call them the, the mystery men and women of, of security that mm-hmm. are really kind of making the health services continue to operate, uh, making sure that the infrastructure can support those, making sure that, um, you know, trucks and, and uh, trade and deliveries and manufacturing can still get to where the places where they need to be at the right time. So I think a really special thank you goes out to all those providing those services because they are in the background hidden. And, and that's the thing is when, when things are working and things are moving along, they don't get any recognition. Right. And uh, for me, you know, those security professionals, um, you know, we have to thank them for, for what they're doing because it's impressive to do. I, I, I've been in that situation 20 years ago um, where you're in a crisis situation. It goes back to Y2K. <laughs> doing a UPS transition, uh, you know, basically transitioning from the, to generator. Right. And at that time I, I was responsible for Northern Ireland ambulance service. And during that transition, the systems that actually do the, uh, uh, uh it was the, for the ambulances to get to the locations that's call service uh-huh. was down. 
and you're sitting looking at a clock that you have an SLA. At, and then in the ambulance service, if you go past your SLA, people die. Right. And that's, you know, that's the most stressful. Anyone asks me the question, what's my most stressful situation I've ever been in my entire career? And it's when you're looking at a system that you're actually trying to get back up and running, that when it doesn't work, people die. That's the most stressful situation. And this is what we're, we're really in. And, and those that's in that same position that I was in 20 years ago are in those situations. They, they have to keep those systems run, uh, running. They have to make sure that they know where hospital beds are and where ICU treatment is and where ventilators are right. and have to make sure that they're available and functioning and working. And the people that's doing that right now, you know, I, I know the stress of that. If they're not functioning, people can die. Right. A situation where, yeah, it's the, the people out there that's giving, you know, voluntary service and keeping this running. Um, I have to kind of, you know, praise them for, for the effort and work they're doing. It's amazing. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, long time ago, I wrote a blog about like crisis management and like what you can do as a manager. And like one of the first things I say in there is like, just recognize no one's going to die. Right. Like, but that's yeah. not true in all situations. Correct. So um, yeah, can't imagine what it'd be like in that, in that world. It is, I, I, you know, I worked in NHS in the UK and I did you know, medical records. And I think the most realizing for me was when I was doing the ambulance service. That was probably when I, you know, the realization when, you know, you knew that if your service wasn't running for, I think it was 23 minutes in a row, that there was, you, there was deaths. Deaths would happen. The ambulance wouldn't get to a right. accident or patient within that time frame. Um, the statistics would say that, you know, the, the people die. And that's wow. what people's in a situation is, you know, I, I, that always kind of makes me relate to is that people's in that situation right now. You think about in, in, in hospitals around the country and globally that uh, those systems, those, you know, intensive care units um, in the hospitals and the equipment functioning, and all of a sudden if one system goes down, uh, I can tell you that, you know, it's, it's roughly 23 minutes to a half an hour if you don't get up and running that you got, you know, if, if there's no alternative and, and all are at full capacity, um, deaths happen. And, and, and that's what we're seeing is you know, massive uh, uh, deaths around the world. And it's very likely that it's because they're maxed out in their equipment and they don't have alternatives or supplies to keep them going. Right. Um, so yeah, so those in this industry right now, that's just keeping those uh, available and keeping them function and keeping them maintained. It's, uh, yeah, thank, thank them for their hard work. We have yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh so I appreciate you uh, joining us. I think that's probably a great place to, to sort of end it uh, with a nice thank you to all the, all the hardworking people. Um, any, any final thoughts or anything? Um, I mean, final thoughts is, you know, we'll get through this. This is, you know, this is not the end of the world. Um, it is a pandemic, but, you know, technology will help us. We'll be innovative. There'll be new solutions coming out to deal with this better in the future. Um, this is something that we all kind of, you know, have lessons learned from about, you know, how are we can improve in the future? And definitely, you know, for those who's, who's doing the remote working, um, we'll definitely have a more appreciation for teachers, <laughs> yeah. uh, for healthcare workers, uh, for those that really, you know, those are doing public service. Really, we have a much more appreciation for what they do in, in, in our society. And I think that, you know, out of this is that, you know, they are the heroes, is the ones that's putting themselves forward. Um, so, I think, you know, we will innovate, we will improve, um, we will get through it. Um, but definitely, you know, it's, it's the, the public servants who's, who's the real heroes at this point. So can, can agree more. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
Hey, this is Thor. Thanks for listening to the Cyberry Podcast, and make sure to check back next Wednesday for our newest episode.